1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of She Podcasts. It is November 2nd, a Saturday after Halloween, where many people will be trick-or-treating because <laughs> everyone went ballistic on Thursday at the thought of trick-or-treating in any kind of rain. <laughs> I am Jessica Kufferman, and with me as always, the lovely and graceful Elsie Escobar and our genius editor, John Domingo. Oh my goodness! Luckily for me, I have I live on a busy road, so I never have any trick or treaters. But my neighborhood was going totally ape. We were getting emails every twenty minutes. It's off. It's on. It's off. We're gonna reschedule. They have a little like like a little party for like kids that can't trick or treat in our neighborhood because the houses are too far apart. So like they do a little party and they reschedule that for Friday. And then they were like, oh it looks like there's going to be a clear window between four and eight. So just be prepared to give out candy both nights. And I was like, or no nights. Uh-huh. Cause fuck you guys. <laughs> but also wow. I don't I never have any trick or treaters anyway. So I, we didn't get one doorbell ring last night or, I mean, it wasn't here the night before. Cause we actually trick or treated in someone else's neighborhood.
0: Yeah. That's what we do all the time. And it was freak, It was cold. And, and there was no way we we're going to be going out on like November 1st. I mean, that's so weird. It's so, not yeah.
1: Halloween. Like It's not there's, Halloween. There's something like, like both Christmas and Halloween is one of those nights where like, even though I'm always dubious about stuff, I always kind of look up in the sky and think maybe, maybe like, like, especially Santa Claus, like around midnight on Christmas Eve, yeah. I always like open my window and kind of put my ear out just to see if I can hear the reindeer. Cause maybe, maybe, cause maybe, right? I know it's not real. And also, I'm Jewish, so I was never taught that he was real, ever. And if you're listening to this as children, he's real. I'm just kidding. Um, but <clears throat> but yeah, I always put my ear out just to like see if maybe I can hear ching, 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 ching. And inevitably, you can because someone's dumbass car has got jingle. You know what I mean? Like someone bells, somewhere is ringing jingle bells, and I'd be like, it's real. I knew it. They're liars. They're liars. I knew it. So um, Halloween is one of those nights, too, where I'm just like. The spirits are out. I can feel them. And you can't feel them on November 1st.
0: Well, that's that's a different day. It's a different day and it celebrates a whole entire other different thing. But you know, it was so weird. It's like us coming home, like Hunter, like Hunter was so... I don't think I've ever seen her this excited. Aww. She was so excited, and when I woke them up in the morning, they were both so excited, and then we were leaving, like we were going to go to school, and it looked awful. It was cold and wet and, so and dark, but she was like this. She was like, "This is amazing. This is the best day for Halloween. It's cold, It's windy." it's rainy Wait a minute. and i was like it was
1: cold on halloween for you it was freezing it was so flipping hot here on thursday you're serious it was, it was 74 so degrees here it was 75 degrees it didn't get cold until thursday until friday morning we woke up and it was like freezing but halloween we were sweating our tits off are you serious
0: it was super cold and oh, so you we went the out cold
1: front first i'm so jealous Dude, when we went
0: heart. out, it, it when we first left, I think I have you could see that it was like fifty uh, something, I think fifty. Like when we first went out for trick or treating, like at around six, mm-hmm. even low sixties, I think. I I have it ta- on my Instagram story. It said the exact you know weather. By the time we got back to the van at seven thirty, it was forty four degrees. That's
1: crazy. At least we I know the cold like, front oh came from her, John.
2: Well, I got to tell you, one of the things I really look forward to Halloween is looking at Elsie's uh, Instagram oh, yeah, stories because she does. she does such a great job with it. And the girls looked amazing. I love their makeup and the painting. They, she had the painting on their faces. It was amazing. And yes. all the people that were out, I mean, they it looked like they trucked people into this neighborhood just for <laughs> it's Halloween. It's
0: crazy. It's insane. Like we thought like it's going to be cold. It's not going to be the same. I mean, it really was cold and windy and just miserable for for trick-or-treating really. And there were so many people there. I was like, what is happening? But my I have to share about my favorite my favorite uh, Halloween costume that we saw. And I had just a little bit. I couldn't catch them because I felt like that's so weird and creepy that this other mom is filming my other children. But they had these two mini UPS like guys, little UPS costumes, that's what they were. So these UPS guys dressed with their UPS outfits and they were carrying a box and they were like two and a half years old and they were walking down the street and you could just see they were so cute with the little hat and the little outfit and just walking around with their ha- <laughs> their box. I was like, that's so
2: adorable,
0: Aww. I can't take it. So that's I captured so cool. a little bit of those guys. Yay.
2: They were so adorable. You wouldn't even have known it was really cold there until Elsie put the camera on her. She had a wool cap and a big jacket, and I was like, she looked miserable and cold, and everybody else is, like, running and getting candy. You would have never known it was cold until you see Elsie, and she's pretty.
0: I know. I had to, like, I had to put myself in there, too, because I was like, people don't really know. Like, everybody in there, there were so many families that were all dressed up, like, in theme, and I'm just like, really? I love that. Who has time? Like, I'm not going to... no. I have no doubt for that.
1: My favorite family costume ever was when they were, um, it was years ago and Big Love was on television and my friend Crit and her husband dressed up as um, Mormons and dressed their daughter also as like one of the wives. Oh my God. (laughs) So it was like she was two. So he had wives that were like two and 40. I was like, that's amazing. It's the best costume I ever saw.
2: But this was a very sad Halloween for me. Oh, my. Because this was the first time that my kids did not go out trick-or-treating because they're too old. And the reason it was sad is because I couldn't have the dad tax on the candy. Like, I would go in there and collect all the Almond Joys and Mounds bars and stuff that they don't like. You know, that was the dad tax. People Uh. even still
1: give that out. I've not seen one Almond Joy in my kid's sack.
0: Really? Yeah. That's weird. My girls are not allowed to eat the candy, really. They just get, like, a couple Oh, candy choices, but they're allowed to play with the candy. So you should see them. They trade candy. They like yeah. sit down and have like serious trading. Like I'll give you this one for this one. And, and then they line them all up in like different colors and different. Hunter, I just uh, went out there and they, they are sitting around with all their candy. And then um, Hunter calls me and I hear like, mama, mama. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Right. So I go over there. And she's like, who makes Twix. And I was like, what do you mean who makes Twix? And she has, she had divided all the candy by the manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. You know what, Elsie, it's a good <laughs> thing you do that, Elsie, because you're
1: training them for future FBI interrogation. So it's good. Because <laughs> you've taught them what torture is really all about young so that they can withstand torture if they're ever interrogated later. Because who the fuck won't let their kids eat the candy, but they can fucking play with it.
2: It's almost torture. It really That's is almost torture. the fucking
1: worst. You're the worst. You are the worst. I mean, just, <laughs> oh why don't you just give them, like, five pieces <laughs> and donate the rest? No, I want you to make candy houses and divide them up, knowing full well you'll never taste the sweet the sweet berry of a Skittle. Oh.
2: Creamy chocolate chocolateliness, <sighs> or however you say that, of our yeah. Hershey's Crunch. Oh, so
1: Sonny Call. How Gall, dare you, madam.
2: Uh, who runs the Parents on Demand Network, and she's also part of the She Podcast. Her children went out and they collected all the candy, and I guess they're not allowed to eat it either. But what they did was there was a dentist that would you take their candy to the dentist, they weigh it, they give you a dollar a pound for it, and what they do is they take that candy and they ship it to military yes. people overseas. And That's I thought that was such a great here. idea.
1: Most people do That's that awesome. here. I just give him like a couple of pieces a day because he's already obsessed with candy. And like, I mean, we don't, we don't really eat it. You know, it's funny knowing that he has all this candy. He's really calmed down about like, like, like last week he was like, can I have dessert? Can I have dessert? Do you have any candy? Can I have dessert? You don't share. I need sugar. And now that he has like a giant sack of candy, he has not really mentioned it except to be like, can I have a piece of candy? And I was like, you can have it after dinner. Okay. Just knowing that it's there. It's like, it's like eased his stress about sugar somehow,
0: which is weird. I don't know. It's crazy how how nutty they get for They get nutty. When
1: when Emily and Nate were little, they would be so indulgent and Rob would let them be indulgent. I couldn't watch it. So like after two like, you know, we got divorced when they were like two and three. So like the first couple years I just didn't go because I could not watch my four and five and six and seven year olds just shove as much candy into their face as he would allow. Like I couldn't watch it without being Nauseous. So I was just like, have fun at your dad's. I'm going to go out to dinner. Bye. And then, <laughs> and then after a while, you know, like I didn't really have to parent them as much, but when they're, but when they're, it's either go with the parent who will let you or go with the parent who will micromanage you. And the micromanaging isn't fun for any of us. It's more fun for them to just like what I don't see. I'm okay with not really, but like, do you know what I mean? Like that was the choice either have fun on Halloween or have a stick shoved up your ass at every moment. I don't really want to, you know, I was too psycho about it. Now, I, I mean, I wasn't psycho about it this year, but he also was, like I said, for some reason he was, He maybe he's small enough where he can use restraint or just, you know, if he gets a piece, he'll just be like, okay. It's the wanting, I think, that's worse. Once he gets it, it's like, I don't have to tell him to stop. He just is done.
0: Yeah, mine are are also done with it too. Yeah, But it's, it's interesting how I think that, the having it and and i know it seems really weird that they get to play with it but they can't eat it
2: yeah. and and i
0: mean A in, in looking at it i just i honestly think like I can't believe you let them that eat. is so bizarre it but is. but i'm all i'm it's like they they now see candy as like lego like you know what i mean it's like transmuted in their head you know what you should have
1: done i just had the best like, idea if you still have know. candy oh, left sorry I didn't yes mean to we do you.
0: You should just save all of it
1: and make a giant ass gingerbread house because by then it'll be hard mm. and like a little bit stale, and you can use the chocolate for bricks, and you can use. Oh, the they sk- can
0: totally make it up, yeah. and they can just do that. You that just would make be like a Gorgeous, gorgeous
1: house of like you know a Christmas
0: house, right? I, I might be able to do that. Like, I, mean, I think I think that you know, would be float
1: a really it good. Out there, thing. see what they say.
2: I still say I mean, it's child too. abuse. It is child yes. abuse, but
1: I mean, if they're going to be abused, they may as well do something cute with it
2: should be art- artistic
1: you know i have an idea anyway. next time why don't you buy them a bicycle But then you don't let them ride it you just kind of have it sit in the driveway and they can paint the bicycle and they can like drive it around with their hands they but can you just push don't it. let them sit on it and you don't let them pedal right like, they can that's push it
2: around but they can't pedal it
1: <laughs> how many other analogies can we come up with john probably a lot
0: but it's like that's not so good. They would go crazy with the candy. Like Hunter's like mood. As soon as she had her candy, yeah, by the time I we know. got home, she was so too, too. awful that I was just like, dude, I can't do this. You are, you've are you got this reaction to this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, how am I supposed to deal with this? This is a, a pain in my behind. They know so, they're terrible. Anyway. How about we talk about podcasting? Oh, my God. What? Crowley. No, I'm just kidding. Crap. I know, yes, dude. let's talk about so, podcasting, please. Let's get to some news. The news you can
1: use for the informed
0: podcaster, podcasting news. All right. So the big news, at least for me in terms of education, right, uh, that I saw come down the pike and I saw some postings from the mighty Carrie Hoffman on social media. I saw that there was this, and this is like a, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm sharing now an article from Variety. So Variety.com covered this, which is like, what? Anyway, so here's a title, PRX, Google to launch podcasting 101 video series exclusive. So I guess they gave them an exclusive for this because this has already come out, given the fact that this was written on October 30th and it is Google podcasts and PRX teamed up for a 10-part educational series to teach budding podcasters how to perfect their craft. That's what it says here. It's a podcasting 101, sort of like little mini, what would you call it, a tutorial maybe, Um the steps to take. Uh, I'm not sure they here call it what an it educational is. Educational
1: series, but it's like ten videos.
0: And educa- okay, yes, that's what it is. Educational series, correct. And it's being hosted by Louvier Ajayi, host of Rants and Randomness, and his, and Jesus and Jawoff podcast, as well as Sean Ramiswaram, host of Vox Media's Daily News podcast. Today, explained. And this is the interesting part. It's going to be subtitled in English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Hindi, and Arabic. 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 I know. See, Arabic. Arabic, To reach audiences around the globe, which is awesome. But one of the things that I really like about it, particularly from the structure of the way that they put this together, is that it is essentially exactly what I'm saying. A landing page. And it is at googlecp.prx.org. It has uh, a short, super short paragraph at the top. Then it has the podcast all laid out in one page. All of them are hosted on YouTube. Uh, It's clean. And then you can kind of click through on each one about more of this episode, if you will. And it has like more broken down what you would like, what you would imagine our, in quote, show notes would be like, right? And there you have it. That's about the extent of it. And most of the videos are around five minutes long. Very well done. It's a really good
1: overview. Like if you are thinking about podcasting, or like it's something where if someone's like, "Where do I start?" I would send them to this, and then tell me if they have questions. Yeah, so it's perfect for that for sure. Um, so look in our show notes for that. If you're one of those people who's constantly telling someone where to get started, this is going to make your life so much easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Super high level, so it doesn't really get into the weeds. But at this moment, you really kind of don't really need it to be in the weeds. So I'm very impressed. Good job to the PRX Google podcast team. Thank you for making all of our lives easier. Hooray, hurrah. Hey, you know what I would say to you guys, Google podcast team and PRX? I think this is something that would be really awesome for y'all. Why don't you offer this as a podcast, as a video podcast. Grab the audios, put them on into a feed, publish them, and let people be able to subscribe to this Be and have the show notes be the thing. And that's just going to be another extra way that you can not only get traction to this, but really disseminate the information. So If you guys are listening, PRX or Google Podcasts, go ahead and do this and it'll all just add another layer to what you can do. That's you,
1: Elsie. Always thinking outside the box when it comes to podcasting. (laughs) I think your go-to is just
0: make everything a podcast. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And because, yeah, for me, it's not only a thing, but it's also a delivery mechanism. So yes, you can totally do that. So
1: right on. Next up, Spotify launching... A dedicated kids app with curated playlists and playful art. Those of you who are Spotify users, this will come as a giant relief to you because I don't know about you, but I have several playlists that are constantly curating the wrong thing for me to listen to as a result. So they're -hmm. launching a new app called Spotify Kids. It's meant to provide a safe space for kids to explore, listen to music and get Baby Shark out of their playlists. The app, which launches Mm -hmm. today in Ireland, today being October 30th. In Ireland includes 6,000 Tracks all which have been curated by editors At Spotify for younger kids The app will be limited to things like Disney Soundtracks songs about dinosaurs and children's story Wait no no pancake robot Pancake robot Dude. Come on get it while it's hot
0: I know uh, but... if parents it Set the app up like for you, an older
1: yeah. kid it will pop up Artists from Taylor Swift Ariana Grande Bruno Mars and it yeah, That's it's really cool. cool. I do have playlists that don't belong to me. Um, I don't know if you know this audience and also Elsie and John, but there is an artist or a company that makes lullaby versions of rock. So there are full albums oh. of like lullaby version of like Queen, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Led Zeppelin, <sighs> Elton John. Like it's it's like it's hilarious. It's like doot, 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 doot it's really cute but like very like you know mellow, mellow and like and like it's done on like xylophones and stuff. it's really weird but Isaac loves it and so between that and like there was this, he went through a phase where I was listening to uh, the story of Baba Yaga which was like one episode of one podcast it was like a 10-minute oh, wow. story of Baba Yaga this little witch that likes to eat children and like <laughs> I just
0: have weird oh, shit Right before I you go to sleep.
1: In my yeah, as a result, I'm recommended some weird shit. And so this will this is solving the weird shit problem. So thank you, Spotify. I Love
0: it. I know. I can't wait to check it out because I don't I'm not sure it's even available I to us know. just yet. Yeah. But I like the idea of it and this is something that I'm I think my girls would absolutely like, I'd be more apt to pay for this. Like, I don't pay for Spotify right now, but I'd be more apt to pay for this for them because they really do listen a lot. Like, they listen to a lot of stuff. It's not available yet. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to keep an eye out to see when we can start to get it over over here. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. So, I went into... Um, yesterday, I got very excited reading this article. Did? from Tom Webster from Medicine Research. Yes, I, I was like, I got very, not ranty, but I get excited over you podcasting get thoughts sometimes. What you get. <laughs> so um, t- I thought Tom Webster did a fantastic job with this article. It's called Podcast Audience Strategy, What Your Downloads Can't Tell You. And of course, whenever you see downloads not being the be-all and end-all for podcasting, my ears and my eyes perked up. Uh-huh. So it is a lovely read. It's also uh, what I would say to the general I think for our our general audience when you start to read this y- your your eyes will probably glaze over just a tiny little bit and you might have to read a couple of sentences over and over again not because his writing is so dense but because the jargon is unknown to a lot of us like there's a lot of like radio measurement data vocabulary that a lot of us don't really know, like at at all. So even just understanding that in itself might give Mm -hmm. you pause. But alas, it does have some really wonderful, uh, thought-provoking, what I would say, call to action to networks and um, us as producers. Because what he's saying is that the focus of measurement of downloads isn't really encapsulating what the reach of your show is, right? And for me, what that brings forward is uh, or at least the way that you guys would understand it the most for me is like, you know, when somebody or not, people get really excited when they get featured in Apple podcasts, like if they're in new and noteworthy, or if they're like, in the top banner on Apple podcast, or they get something along those lines where everybody's like coveting that because why they're going to get more downloads. And it's true. They do. There is more down more downloads do come from that for sure. But the unfortunate part of it is that once you are not featured or once you're taken off the rotation, those downloads go down by at least a half. Most of the time you don't retain that audience. Why? Because it's like you're being advertised to the entire planet. So of course, you're going to get more people's eyes on your stuff. They're going to download it. And then therefore, that'll be a download, but they're not going to come back. And it and a lot of the time, that doesn't have to de- be because your show is bad or it's not well done. It's just that that's not your audience. That's, right. that's not, those aren't your people.
1: I think Tom Webster is my spirit so. animal. <sighs> I swear.
0: This yeah, is my favorite he is. sentence. He's, he's quite. Today, okay. podcasting
1: networks on, are built on a lot of red jelly beans. He explains what that is earlier. And in the download economy, yeah. that works. Love True Crime Weekly? You'll really love our new show, True Crime Hourly. Or coming this fall, we will straight up murder you. <laughs> 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 that's my favorite sentence give the red jellybean people yeah. red jelly bean content more frequently that's what's built podcasting into what it is today a show about everything is a show about nothing and it's the niche that keeps podcasting alive and vibrant but he's saying you know they got to start branching out you got to try blue jelly beans yep. you got to try yellow jelly beans because we uh, you know greg Cloonis just posted a, um a graph a graphic that was really interesting. You know, it was like, you think podcasting is saturated. Here is the number of YouTube. The, the yellow line is Facebook. You see that one way down, barely scratched. That's podcasting way, <laughs> way down there. So, like, yeah, I mean, it has barely scratched the surface of saturation. And so, yeah, if you're just going to do another true crime show, how do you expect to take, I mean, One person can only listen to so many true crime shows. If you give them something else to listen to, though, you may have something there. If you do the same shit over and over. I mean, what you're doing is trying to take a person who likes Nikes into a person
0: who likes Pumas. That's just dumb. But also, I think that this was like the, the, the epitome of what you're, you've you been talking about, the reason She Podcast came to exist, where you were trying to figure out how do I grow my audience? And then your their answer that you got was like to publish twice a week instead yes. of once, right? right? That's what this is saying. It's saying like, we know how to double the downloads by putting out more content. Therefore, if you have more shows or more episodes, you'll have twice as many downloads for that who week. who cares? Or more than twice. But it's not that doesn't necessarily mean that the audience is means nothing. It right. means you're inundating and, people. And-
1: it means nothing. You need to right. yes, you need to you know, Elsie, they're finally catching up. Is what I'm saying. I know. I've been <laughs> saying this forever right? You cannot just grow the download. You have got to start growing your community and then as the way to grow the show is the way is growing your social because everyone is on Facebook. Everyone. Not everyone listens to podcasts. If you don't start with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you can't get anywhere because that's the only other digital like home base people hang out. Maybe not Facebook because I know you hate Facebook, but I'm just saying in general, wherever their home base is,
0: you got to go there. That's right. I think I agree with that. I agree with that. You have to go find that as well. All right. Yes, yes. Because... Part of it, and then he also alluded to something else that I've been telling people, and I think that I mentioned this in the podcasting super squad, that if somebody stops listening to your show, like they just stop because it's over, it's over. like meaning their relationship or their, their desire to hear you at that moment is over because for whatever reason, we, we change our minds all the time, we move on to other things all the time. That does not mean that that person no longer loves you nor, nor longer will advocate for you. So let's say, and this is a total, this is a a woman thing, and it's easy for you guys to understand, but let's say I'm pregnant and I am looking for support for my first trimester, for my second trimester, for how to have like a natural birth. I'm going to start listening to shows that are going to support that conversation for me at that moment, because that's what I'm really interested in. By the time I have my baby, or maybe you know years afterwards, I'm not going to be listening to pregnancy podcasts. Even though I still find them valuable, and if somebody goes like, "Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I need some support." I'm going to go, "Oh my gosh, you need to listen to this show." And then I will t- share about them. But I am not a listener. I'm not giving them downloads. But alas, I'm going to be getting them audience because I was already part of that community that really helped me. So I think that there's a lot to be said for letting people stop listening to your show, but really have it be something that they can remember and share. And it's all right if they don't longer Mm -hmm. listen. It's definitely all right. But he was talking about that. He said right now he is subscribed to two, I believe, two daily podcasts, like two two, two daily news podcasts. But he said, there's going to come a time where I don't, I don't want to. I don't have time for two. My life doesn't give me the uh, ability to have two. It doesn't mean that I don't like that podcast anymore, but I'm going mm-hmm. to cut back. And what that's going to mean to that podcast is that they're going to be missing a, a, lo- a lot of da- like if just think for like 5 days a week. That's like 5 downloads a week that are is going to be going away and as in a in the month, that's 20 downloads a month that are going to go away just because right. of him. So that's just what,
1: dumb. he's What does that
0: mean? Right? yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, oh, but now it- just to bring us to the other side of it because uh one of the reasons that he wrote this is because at the in the in the top paragraph it says, quote, "Edison is on the eve of releasing our first quarterly podcast consumer tracking tracker report, the industry's only all-inclusive measure of the reach" Of the leading podcast publishers and their audience composition, end quote. So, of course, there's a link like right at the top of that. That's the first paragraph yep. of this of this article. So I had to go, you know, of course, because I mean, who wouldn't right. want to have this, right? The Consumer Quarterly Tracking Report. Right. But oh my gosh, right. dude, this feels a little bit exclusive to me. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, we talked
1: briefly about it yesterday, so. Yeah, Edison is announcing the Podcast Consumer Quarterly Tracking Report, a first-of-its-kind research product designed to serve the ongoing needs of leading podcast networks, agencies, and consultancies. Edison has served the industry for over 14 years, blah, 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 infinite dial, share of ear, and we believe the time is right to provide a bespoke service to the growing podcast industry to provide Edison's renowned measurement. And analysis expertise to aid in the continued market development of the podcasting space so basically this is it you pay them 10 grand and they do research on just your audience and whomever else is paying them 10 grand so it's it's exclusive no no no
0: not whoever else dude it's all like so 10 grand per quarter that said and with a four quarter minimum so you've got to commit for the year that's forty thousand dollars yes. a year yes okay.
1: Each quarterly report will track demographics, content preferences, listening behaviors, and other custom measures determined in consultation with all charter members. This is the part I'm not sure. Like, okay, let's say Libsyn buys in, Blueberry buys in, Captivate buys in. Okay. Do you get all of their reports or just your report? I don't know. See, I thought you got – like, in other words, if Speaker – if Spreaker is out, you don't get the Spreaker – thing because they're not in the thing wait
0: no because we see what it look at what it says on this bullet number four here it says complete audience demographics and profiles for competitive podcast networks whether or not they participate as charter members depending upon sample response but how can they do that how can they how can
1: they really measure another network's listenership How, how, how? I do not know. All right. Well, they seem to, I mean, they're obviously doing it because when they do a survey in general, they're doing podcast listeners. They don't ask what network. Right. Right. Maybe they're just going to start asking what network and then you either pay for the info or you don't. But I mean, Elsie, you kind of approach it as like the same thing as like, not chartable what's it called? PodTrack, where... They're telling you what the top 20 shows are, but they're not the top 20 shows. They're just the top 20 shows that are listed in PodTrack. Right. You could have a show that's bypassing all of those and nobody would know about it because it's not being measured by PodTrack. So it's sort of like you either participate or you don't get the info on yourself and all your competitors. It's almost like a weird club that's forcing you to be a member. But isn't that the same as the IAB essentially? The IAB either, does have
0: pretty high price points as well.
1: It, it's a really high price point and you if you want to be any kind of say or have any kind of input whatsoever in the governing body of our industry, you have to pay like 10 grand a year or <laughs> fuck you. There's no <laughs> right. middle ground for people who are startups or people who, I mean, like I would love to be a part of the IAB, but I don't have that kind of money to be a part of it every year. Right, that's
0: bonkers. Also, I was just because think about that. So let's say even a like I mean whatever publicly traded companies, startups, whatever forty thousand dollars. What's the ROI on that for our for our company? Know. Like I can't imagine. Like let's say she podcasts as a company was generating a decent amount of you know like six figures. Yeah, I mean the ROI what would, is would Like if we had forty thousand kind dollars, of. I I just can't see it's at what point. Do we have forty grand to just no no no, no, no
1: your your company spends forty grand on like two traveling events alone, like you guys spend forty grand probably just going to n a b forty grand has nothing to lose in, but the point is like you either have to it's the having to do it mm. But like if you got competitive analysis on Blueberry and why people were choosing them over you and what, you know, or or if it's listenership and you were developing. So the thing is Lips and Blueberry is probably not a good example because they don't exactly develop independent content. Mm. Midroll, midroll. If Midroll found out that all Wondery's crime shows are the ones that are doing well, maybe they would develop some more crime shit. Mm. And then they would get more advertisers because they would have more da- – you know, it just depends on – I mean, like, if you know – I mean, it kind of is already happening. Like, if you already know that true crime works, you you try to do a, crew tri- a, crew <laughs> a true crime show. Isn't that the point of knowing competitive analysis is so you could, like, differentiate yourself from the competition? So that is worth a lot of money, I think.
0: But I think that this is also – I'm not sure that they're going to be focusing in – Because look, at it's really, I mean, I'm interested in this too, because it says like, well, yes, they say content preferences by topic, but they also go into awareness, trial, and usage of podcast networks, behaviors driven by podcast advertisement and sponsorship, podcast listening as a whole, locations of listening, devices used for listening. So there's like all of that. And then changing news, podcast habits. So... You know that's that's interesting. Although, like, how much of that is already not already out there? I don't know. I
1: don't and I don't know. I mean, I mean, they are banking on the fact that they're extremely trusted with data right. mining and data research. And yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's
0: true. And they are.
1: And I would bank on them over someone else who was offering to do it, wouldn't you? Right.
0: Yes. Oh, so oh, in that yes, way, they're yes, right for sure.
1: But, but yeah. it's a bit of a monopoly. Like I was just thinking, like. Like in a way, our event and podcast movement, like it's kind of the same thing, like our event, maybe even more so now, but like podcast movement, like is the biggest podcast event Yeah. and you either are there or you are not there. And most companies sort of have to be there. Therefore, podcast movement can say a booth is 5,000 or 20,000. Right. And you kind of have to pay it or you kind of don't go. Isn't this sort of the same thing? Like they're the only real research company that I know of that does this kind of research. Like you either have to pay 40 grand or you can GFY sort of, right? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) That is true. But then also there is the other aspect of it because yes, you are saying that that's the case, but like, let's say, okay, so Apple, I mean, obviously they are the outlier, but Apple attends podcast movement. They don't have a booth. They don't have like a presence. As they in, don't like, need the, it. They are Apple. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they, uh, they, they just attend. So that's what they do. They have their own little like random like private meetings that are happening at Podcast Movement, but that's not like for everybody to know. So there's that kind of behavior. There's also Nick Kwa, who covers the podcasting space. I'm making little quote marks, who mm-hmm. didn't even mention Podcast Movement in his newsletter. Because he don't like them.
1: Yeah, he doesn't mention any. I don't. He goes does not go to. You know, the only events he goes no, no, to no. are like he goes to Three, like third fan, coast. Yeah, he I was going to say he goes to fan events. Sound third education. Coast. I
0: think he attended that. Sounded no really? last year. I think last year maybe. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Sorry. I mean, he'll cover it if it's being run by a giant like network, like work it or something. Like what I'm saying is like he's very yeah. leaning towards one side. All I'm saying though is even though Podcast Movement is absolutely the largest podcasting conference in the U.S., plus it's it's got the most um, cross-promotion or cross-participation from not only the indie side of things, but also right. all of the corporates, he never even mentioned it was happening. Like, it never even said, oh, Podcast Movement is... Like, he never even said that. Podcast Movement is happening right now. I know, it's it as if he's month. purposefully...
1: And, yes, he is. And frankly, immaturely... Yes. Doing some kind of nose snub for like I can't imagine what good reason or why that would ever be good for his career is just to pretend like a three thousand person podcast conference doesn't exist. It's probably the pettiest shit. He is a hundred percent that petty bitch, is yeah. what we're saying. <laughs> he's Lizzo, right? He is a hundred percent that petty bitch by not even mentioning.
0: But he's so not Lizzo. He's Lizzo wannabe. But guess what?
1: So am I. <laughs> Because that week or one of these weeks when, when we first announced the event or when it was getting closer, oh. he sent Caroline, the woman who writes for him. Oh well, yeah,
0: Crampton, Carolyn Crampton. Caroline at,
1: reached out and said, Hey, we're doing this. We're, you know, would you mind posting about it? And I was like, you know, I might be more likely if Nick Qua has ever once mentioned our group in a fucking newsletter. But he's not said one thing about the event, not one thing about the Kickstarter, not one thing ever. So I'm kind of not motivated to share your course. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's correct. I don't even remember if I wrote that back or if I just said it to you and just ignored her. I don't remember. But, you know, it's I don't mean to be quip pro quo, but I mean, you either play in the sandbox with other people or you don't. And If you don't play with other people in the sandbox, they're going to be pissed when you try and borrow a shovel. Right. That's what you're doing. You can't borrow my shovel if you're not playing in the sandbox. Go play with your other friends.
2: Right. The thing about Nick Qua that really I don't know gets under my skin is here's a guy who's so well known in the podcasting industry and everything. He doesn't even have a podcast. Like it's he's talking about well, something that's he doesn't because even.
1: He's a writer
0: i get it he's a writer and you know what john i have come to terms like i have actually come to terms with that i there was this has been a huge thing in my head that has now turned completely around that at first i was like you have to if you're podcasting you got a pot like i'm a podcast like you got a podcast you got to have a podcast you gotta you know i I was really in that but on in that like i just was so into that and i wanted to hold on to it but now I've, I've expanded. Like there are some people who love podcasting, who love the industry, who want to be part of it, but really have no desire to podcast or nor be behind the mic, but they can do all of the things and they can love the industry and advocate for the industry and all the things and. I feel that they're just as valuable. You can't push people behind the microphone if they're not ready to do that, nor is that their, their their way to shine. They might do it in other ways. Like Somebody like Kerry Hoffman is somebody that I admire, that I think is incredible, the CEO of PRX. And she didn't have a podcast and I don't really care because she's a huge advocate. She's there to support us. She's there to support podcasting in general. She's doing like this podcasting one-on-one thing. She's really into all these things. She's gets all the initiatives. She's getting all that stuff out. She doesn't have to have a podcast. Yeah. She's busy growing the medium. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I still, you know? It's still a credibility
2: so, thing for me. It's still a credibility. I mean, I that's different, but I mean, Nick, he kind of is picking and choosing and, snubbing and uh, he's a little elitist for me a
1: little bit well that's different than not having a podcast i agree with the elitism part he is definitely elitist but does yes. he need to have a podcast to cover the industry i'm like not that. sure about that i
0: think he you know because to have it's his- kind of like saying like if you are commenting or being a critic of movies Fashion, or right, tv right Movies. You have right. to have your own movie and you have to write your own novel. That's yeah. just not going to happen. You could have the skill set to be able to, cr- to be critical, to give cover. feedback to an industry, to the things, <laughs> yeah, but agree. not, but nothing else. You know what I mean? It's like, and Nick may, hey, you know, it takes a certain level of skill set to get behind the microphone. Oh, and here's the other thing too. Who's, I think, did you, I'm not sure if you said this, um, Jess, or, or I, I don't know. I've heard this in the past, but there's something that happens, you know, when you're behind the microphone and you're saying things. Like you can tell the difference when people are being generous. Oh, when we were talking about the political, remember when we were talking about politics and, and pol- politicians getting behind the microphone? Yes. Like you can tell the difference when people are being very generous. Like there's no way to fake it. And so if you write it, you can have a feel for the words. You can have a, a, you know, you can have a voice in the copy, right? When you read it, you imagine the people speaking. But when you get behind the microphone, you can't fake that shit. Like, it's just... It's true. You can't fake you, it.
1: You are what you are.
0: Yeah.
2: Joe Rogan had Tulsi Gabbard and also Bernie Sanders on the podcast for two and a half to three hours. Right. Where they talked about things and you could tell that they were genuine and and you really got a feel for their personality. and. It makes you realize, you know, when you go and listen to those shows that they are people. And uh, I mean, he's had a lot of politicians on. And when you get into that where it's not talking points, they're just having a conversation. It really makes you get to know that person. I agree. I I can't believe that more politicians don't do that long form interviews where they could talk about different things. I don't know why they don't.
0: It's not an easy thing. And I know like Jess is really skilled at... One thing that I admire about Jess's talent of getting on... Being able to get on stage and like thinking very quickly. Her brain moves really fast and um, she can capture huge ideas and and make them succinct and accessible for people like on the fly like it's and funny and like all the stuff whereas I I have a harder time doing that my brain doesn't work that fast I I often see visually or understand concepts in my brain as a concept and so in order for me to verbalize something to somebody else that's like really high like really in depth I end up going like (laughs) whoa Oh. You know what I mean? It's just like I can't even take it, and it just—I know—it doesn't—it doesn't transfer, right? It doesn't transfer, which is why I'm such an advocate for speaking up, to actually speaking it and saying it and practice it, and that's why the E League is in a Voxer group, and I have people—I push people to speak because we're gonna people like me fail often at conveying information so in order for it to get better i gotta practice that said if i was a politician and i had this issue i'd be reticent <laughs> <laughs> to go on a podcast Yeah, can, it is. i don't know it's a little it scary is. but anyway
1: yes let's continue on because i have nine minutes before i'm live on
0: the you have meeting. nine minutes yo so i kind of wanted to, instead of um, let's talk about the this new Netflix thing. As how about new what is it? Uh, Weird and Wild show of the week. Weird and Wild, Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild show of the week. So okay, so does she still sound like that? No, like it's that. so That's cute. Cool. Well actually she actually sounds like that still, my little hunt huntie. Anyway, but so Netflix is going to be releasing their very first scripted podcast. But the funny thing about this is it's so <laughs> meta. It's like, I can't even wrap my head around this. So, number, th- the first thing is the podcast itself is called mm. The Only mm. Podcast Left. Okay. So that's like the name, just a name in it. And I was like, what? And so here's the thing so it is a post apocalyptic comedy drama series. Okay, the end. And then it says that it is, it's going to be coming on to Spotify. So there's another layer to it. It's going on Spotify, but it's being done by Netflix. There's that. And then it's a fictional podcast, but it is like a group of kids. Where is it? It's a first like, oh my gosh, where is Um. the, the description of it? So it is about following a group of teenagers who decide to make a podcast during the apocalypse as a podcast very isn't that meta isn't
1: that like meta
0: what the and then just putting that in the industry it's being created by netflix and it's going to be just distributed by spotify so (laughs) that's so weird yes yeah isn't it I mean, there's it layers is. upon layers but of what's happening here. Don't, aren't we
1: kind of like that? Because we podcast
0: anyway, about podcasting. I mean, but you know how weird
1: it is to tell people what my show is about once they find out what I do? I'm like, well, we talk about podcasting. Oh like, my God. That makes me sound like so unoriginal.
0: <laughs> well, no, it's just that people don't even know that that's a thing. That That's like people don't even know that there are podcasts about podcasting. Like it, it's like what? Hmm? Yeah.
1: Yay, Netflix! But anyway,
0: good job Netflix uh, for doing this. And And it sounds interesting to me. I've been willing to totally listen. And lastly, uh, I've been obsessed with one. So I'm just going to let you guys know about it. It is who kill it's called the podcast is called who killed Marilyn Monroe. And uh, although uh, I was telling John earlier today that I don't like as a critic or to give the podcasters themselves some feedback, I have issues with it. So it's not like the most incredibly produced show that I've ever heard in my entire life of this genre. But the information that's being conveyed in the show is absolutely worth a listen. You guys go ahead and check it out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, particularly because it was covered on Us magazine, just because obviously Marilyn Monroe and everybody wants to know. And my mind has been blown by just her life and what happened with her in Hollywood and the Kennedys and the Mm. mob and all the things. I mean, I'm just my I am my mind is blown by what. Her life was like, and the tragedy of her death, and oh gosh, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't even know what to say. So yeah. I'm laying that there, and um, do it, so that you guys can listen. Wait a while, show of the week, do it, Bo. So we're gonna be exiting out of the yep. podcast now. We, I think we're finished covering, and thank you so much, you guys, for off we uh, go yep. recording on Saturday. That's a first. So. Jess, off you go into your next uh, project on Saturday morning.
1: Yep. If you guys want to see what I'm about to do in five minutes, you can go to the new media show. That's where I'm going to be on you can yes yeah we'll but have you'll have
0: notes. a link in the show notes i'll have a link in the show notes for that Jess, because it'll be live by the time our show is live so
1: thank you guys so much for listening this has been she podcast with jessica cup from an lc escobar and john jamingo if you want to find our show notes you can find them at ShePodcast.com. you should also be following us on instagram twitter and facebook at she Podcasts. If you want to send us an email about anything today, send it at feedback at shepodcast.com. And if you want exclusive access to Q&As by Elsie and myself, go to shepodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Join at the $5 level. It is not going to be $5 for very much longer. I suggest you do it now, now, now. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye.